Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Today is Thursday, September 7th, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman. Episode 536 features Spot Tracks Keith Smith. And I'm Evan Valenti. Today's show is powered by FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash Boston and new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 We'll get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. What's up, everybody? Welcome on in. New Celtics beat. Good to be back with you. I missed last week's show. Evan Valenti, though, we held it down. I am Adam Kaufman. We are here with Keith Smith, good friend of the program from Spot Track. Keith, how are you, bud? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. So, obviously, there are Celtics and NBA thoughts that we have. This is, after all, a Celtics and NBA podcast. But I have to, I'd be remiss, guys, if I didn't begin just by saying, oh, thank goodness football's back. As we sit here right now, it is the day, it is is the very beginning of week one, of course, a couple days away from the Patriots, the team that we care about taking the field against the defending NFC champion Eagles, but... Kansas City, Detroit, maybe by the time you listen to this podcast, that game is already over, so it's not like we're going to sit here and preview it, but it's just nice to have NFL football back that matters, that counts, wins, losses, that we actually give a damn about. College returned a couple weeks ago, so we are full on into the fall football swing, guys. I can smell the tailgates, Keith. I absolutely love it. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I I, I'm gonna, I don't want to rain on the parade here. But I have direct Who TV. Cares? Has basketball so, started yet? That's, what that's kind said. of where I'm at all all the time, always, right from late June forward. Um, but you know, I have direct TV and they don't have the Sunday ticket package anymore. So I'm gonna mm. have to find ways, create creative ways to find Patriots games when they're not on TV. Thankfully they're on TV plenty, so I should still be able to see them without going to any kind of extreme measures. But yeah, I'm a little bummed out because I don't have the Sunday ticket package, which I've had since 2003, I think. Mm. I got like a very early adopter and all that. And I, I was very big on the Game Mix channel where you could watch up to eight games at once and yeah. all that stuff. But yeah, I, my, my excitement's tempter, tempered a bit because I have to find ways to watch the Pats this year. But but I'll figure it out by the time it all matters. Look, with our discount code, you can get $100 off YouTube TV. I saw that. <laughs> so I'm just saying, just just going to throw it out there. FanDuel's got us covered, Kaufman. So, but I'll, to make this somewhat basketball-related, the reason why 
it's amazing that football is here because the next month is going to fly by. Because I, I again, like Keith, I'm very just waiting for basketball to start. And uh, the next month is going to make life go so much faster. So I'm very, very appreciative of the NFL and college football. Yeah, I mean, sadly, we're going to kind of blink and it's going to be January, February. Like the, It's just the way it works once you get into the, the football schedule with games, you know, between college and pro, if you watch both games, basically every single day of the week. So it just, it, it absolutely flies by. But it, yeah, as noted, basketball's right around the corner. You know, next month at this point in time, we're going to be talking about real games, actual games, even sooner than that, obviously preseason games and the start of training camp. And so it's, it's coming it's coming fast and i know a lot of people have have been uh it's this this is kind of the 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 like basketball porn time of the year right this this is the the ramp up to training camp is when people are it's it's pretty much the equivalent of that first media day and everyone's in the best shape of their lives and or or baseball spring training when we're always hearing that with basketball it's you know, you'll get all those fluff interviews, obviously, when when media day arrives. But right now, you have kind of the ramp up to that articles being written where every guy is saying everything you could possibly hope to hear. And everyone's feeling good. Nobody has the the injuries unless, you know, heaven forbid you suffered them in, in the FIBA tournament. And um, it, it's, you know, everyone is just the, the promise of greatness and all of the top tier teams are true contenders and all. But I I I ramble on and on to lead into this jason tatum is is just the latest and uh and i i don't say that in any sort of critical way i say it really in a celebratory way he's out there he's we're seeing video of him working out with paul pierce which of course gets everybody excited jeff goodman if anyone missed it just uh, earlier today or yesterday uh came out with a piece i think it was today on uh on the messenger uh, where he's writing now and uh, uh just a very thorough Q&A with Tatum about uh, kind of his place in in the NBA, his his pursuit of basketball immortality and 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 being on the Celtics Mount Rushmore, obviously the the money in the league, the contract that Jalen Brown got, Marcus Smart's departure, the coaching change from Udoka to Missoula. I mean, he basically hit on everything you know raising a, a young son in boston now he doesn't want to go anywhere and I'll, I'll give you some of the specific quotes but i know guys we've all read this article keith let's start with you here just how how great was it what was it what was the most i don't know noteworthy takeaway for you from that piece yeah there there were a few things i, I thought i appreciated his taking ownership uh, he kind of did it in defense of missoula but it was when he said hey he's not the one who missed any free throws or threw the ball away or anything like that it comes back to us and in, in executing I, I think he uh took ownership of him saying he and jalen brown talk a lot about how they know they want to put up banner 18 it has to start with them and they're, they're kind of the the guys who are gonna have to lead the way i you know it, it was really cool to hear kind of just his thoughts on Boston as a city. You know, we, we know it's been a little rough for Boston and some of their athletes uh, in recent times. And Jason Tatum basically talked about how he showed up as a 19 year old kid and was like, whatever, I'm from St. Louis. Like, this is just 
kind of where I work, I guess. And I'm paraphrasing, but then he's like, now it feels like this is home. And I feel a connection to the city and his son is growing up there and all those things. So I think if you're a Celtics fan, you, you read this and you're, you're flying high today. Cause you're like, man, this guy just kind of gets it. He's said everything you want to hear. And you're right. I mean, that's what happens at this time of year. And I've, I see, I've seen some of the response being, great, cool. You say all this, show it, you know, show it on the floor, prove it. And there's always going to be people like that, but overall, you know, great, great interview for him to, you know, basically say, Hey, Boston's home now. I want to be here. And also to recognize, I want to be an all-time great and an all-time great Celtic. The only way to get there is to win. Like it doesn't matter what I do uh, accolades wise, what records I set, if I don't win a championship, I'm never going to be at that level. Yeah. I I think the not wanting to leave Boston stuff, um, for me personally is, is huge because again, you have the, the Giannis particular portion of this off season kind of looming over everything, his upcoming extension and how he's not going to hang around if they don't put a winning team around him. And that's the first time we've kind of heard Giannis even remotely address anything close to leaving Milwaukee. And look, you know, Tatum is the top five, top seven. I mean, you name the number in the 10, one of those guys. He's one of the, the cornerstones of the NBA at 25 years old, and he's going to be a very good player for a very long time pending just devastating injuries. Okay. And it's, you know, if you're, if you're any team in the NBA, you're dying at the chance to draft someone like Jason Tatum and have him for two, three contracts. And it seems like so far throughout the career of Tatum, Boston has done nothing but embrace him, make him feel comfortable, make life easier for him. You know, they've put a winning team around Jason Tatum since he got there. Tatum has has just been in the playoffs every single year, making deep runs year in and year out. There's never been an excuse of like, oh, well, you know, they haven't really, this team doesn't really win enough, whatever, whatever. They've made life great for him. And in this particular day and age of coddling the superstars, because that's that's where we're at, Boston's done a great job with their very own. Now, again, Jalen's had a little bit of more of a difficult time, and I like that that Tatum spoke about the contract and was like, this is great. I'm thrilled. It was a no-brainer, et cetera, et cetera. So you know that Tatum and Brown, as much as people want to break them up, again, those two guys, I think, want to stay together. So there's a there's a bunch of stuff in this article. There's a lot. And Jeff and Tatum go back, I think, to high school. Jeff's been talking about Tatum forever. Um, and he's, he was really early on the Jason Tatum is the best player in this draft train. Um, I, I know that I worked with Jeff for a while when he was working with us at CLNS and now the field of 68, I was his producer for a while and he's been all Jason Tatum all the time. So it was a perfect interview for him, but I mean, Tatum gave you every single quote you wanted to hear and especially about his leadership style, right? He talked about like, I'm not Kevin Garnett. I'm never going to be Kevin Garnett. That's not my style, but don't think I'm not trying to lead this team to banner 18. That's it's, it's just, I'm doing it my own way. And we, as a fan base, as a media in general, it's just people that watch the game. I think, I don't think us three in particular, but other people need to be more accepting the fact that he's not just like the rah, rah KG doing pushups, you know, knuckle pushups on the ground, slamming his head into the stanchion. He does it a little differently and he's done, he's been very successful doing it. So I, I want to pick up on that. That's exactly where I wanted to go next. I want to read the quote from Tatum in this Goodman article. Again, it says, I'm never going to be Kevin Garnett. As much as people want me to be, that's not who I am. The way I lead, the public may not ever see what I do. When I need to, I make sure my voice is heard and I do it in my own way. I'm not going to be out there 
jumping up and down screaming. Uh, that's just not my personality. As much as people want to talk about it and want me to be that, I'm not changing who I am. I lead in my own way. And when I talk, everybody in that organization is going to listen. And whatever I say is always for the betterment of the team and my teammates know that. Uh, again, he's he's been asked to talk about this, Keith, for years, time and time again by various media, different articles, different podcasts. This is a it's a theme. It continually comes up. But the big difference between all of those times before and now is I would argue, you know, like we we have fun with the whole heart and soul thing. But Marcus Smart, I, I think, really was the de facto captain. Obviously, he was the longest tenured member of the team. He was this team's leader. He was this team's, you know, the the guy that was going to yell and shout and be that vocal guy. Now, does that always make you the uh the the true leader just because you're the loudest guy in the room not necessarily but i do think marcus smart more often than not was considered both internally and externally the leader of that team he's gone now so this is more than ever evan and i've talked about it tatum and brown's team is tatum prepared to lead in you know he doesn't forget us he doesn't need to do anything for us you know fans media outsiders within that room does he have a leadership style you think that does resonate with everybody else that that need to listen to him? I think so. I, I think what we're going to find out with this team is, do you need that in-your-face leader or not? Because you mentioned Marcus. I would say the second guy on the roster who would do that is Grant Williams, and he's no longer there either. It's you know, I, I always likened it to, you know, those are the two guys, along with when he was there, Ime Udoka, they'd scream and yell at you and make you feel bad. And then Al Horford would put his arms around your shoulder and be like, all right, you know, let's let's move on. Let's go and just kind of get it moving. And I think Tatum probably falls more towards the Horford side of things. We know Derek White's kind of a quiet leader. Jalen Brown can be loud, but I tend to think that's more towards himself than it has ever been towards anybody else. So we're going to see, is there somebody on the roster who will, you know, if the need arises, kind of get in somebody's face? And, and do you even need that, right? Those are the other things we're going to find out. Is you can, can you get through? Like, I don't know. Maybe somebody is that guy on the Denver Nuggets, but I don't know who the guy on the Nuggets is that was screaming and yelling in teammates' faces either. It seemed like they were all a little bit more of, hey, let's, do what we we're supposed to do. But that's a long way of saying, I think with Tatum, you're right. We're never going to see it. Like it's never going to be on the court where he, you know, is get, grabbing somebody's Jersey and screaming and yelling at him. We're never going to see, you know, that even the moments when the media is allowed in at the end of a practice and those kind of things, maybe stories will trickle out, but I think he's going to be more of the kind of guy who's going to be like, all right, here's what we got to do and kind of sit everybody down and let's talk through this and kind of, kind of go through it in a way where it is, you know, Hey, but I think it's more than a, just let, let's, uh, you know, build everybody up. I think it's going to be in a, I'm holding people accountable kind of way. And it's almost kind of like, I look at it as when we were kids, right. You, you almost wanted, if you knew you screwed up, you wanted your parents to scream and yell at you. And it was way worse when they were like, you know, I'm just disappointed in you. Yeah, I'm not Here's mad, what I'm we should have done. <laughs> yeah, like that just that, that hurts so much worse, you know, than, than if they you know yelled at you. So I think that's, but I think that's the kind of guy Tatum is. I think he's probably more the kind of uh, you know leader who is like, all right, I'm I'm a little disappointed. I'm not happy. Here's what we got to do. 
I guess my concern, Keith, would be, and 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 I don't know how this plays out, and I I may never know because it would have to be written about by you know it's it, it's that behind closed doors kind of thing. Um, and I'm not even saying it needs to be Tatum. It, it just needs to be somebody who every once in a while, who isn't the coach, is going to raise his voice in that room. I just think you can only have so many, and, and it doesn't need to be on a daily basis like it felt like maybe it was from Marcus or even from Grant. It You just can only have, I think, within a team, in all this expertise that I have, I, I just think you can only have so many lead-by-example guys. You know, you need to have someone that when the going gets tough, and and I don't mean a five-game skid, it could be, you know, at halftime of a game, a particular game, where somebody is going to raise their voice and get everyone's attention and 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 provide that sort of, you know, for lack of a better way of putting it, that that fire-up moment, that spark. It doesn't need to be a, a, a rah-rah speech, but it's got to be something that just, like, gets everybody's blood boiling a little bit and... I don't know who that guy is on this roster, and it does sort of feel like if it is going to be Tatum, it's going to be very, very infrequent. And that's fine. If he only raises his voice three times a year, people are sure as hell going to listen when it happens. But it's got to be somebody, right? I I think so. I you know I, I'm with you on that. I generally think you know someone needs to be be that guy, and we'll see. You know maybe that develops into somebody, and maybe that's where it goes. But yeah, I. I I think it's, you know, team chemistry is always a very, you know, it's like a balancing act, right? It's like, you know, you, you put too much chlorine in your pool and, you know, you're in trouble with that and everybody's eyes hurt. You don't put enough in and your pool's gross. And, you know, I think it's you're constantly kind of tweaking and adjusting and trying to figure out, you know, the right mix. And I think with uh, <laughs> and the dog just popped their head in here, um, they uh, I, I think you got to, you know, go into those things where you got to figure that stuff out because to your point, yeah, if everybody's just the kind of quiet leader, then it's like, who's going to fire these guys up? Who's going to get them going, especially on that night where Tatum shot isn't falling and he's not able to kind of get himself going. Who's going to get everybody fired up. And on the flip side, if you have too many guys who want to scream and yell all the time, we know Mm -hmm. that never goes well, right? That's when it's like, God, would you just shut up and just play kind of stuff. And that's, that's going to be interesting. I'll also say too, a very underrated loss, I think, in that locker room is going to be, be Blake Griffin if he does not return, which all indications are he's probably not going to. So I think that's another loss that they're going to have because he's another guy who he'd been around for a long time. He wasn't you know, afraid to get loud. And much like Grant, wasn't afraid to, you know, all right, hey, let's, you know, I'm going to crack jokes. Let's be funny. And, you know, I'll kind of be the butt of the jokes for the team for that. And, you know, I think they're going to miss that with Grant too. Grant's the guy they could all kind of pick on if they wanted to. And they, they did plenty. And he, you know, took it good naturedly and those kind of things. So, yeah, their, their chemistry is going to be interesting to watch develop throughout the course of this year. Yeah, I just think sometimes when it comes to being a leader, your, your play on the court can mean more than your actual voice in the locker room. Whereas like Tatum, you know, is he going to yell and scream at people? No, maybe that's going to be more Jalen Brown or maybe that's going to be Sam Cassell or, you know, somebody on the bench. But I think, you know, when they need a spark, it's going to be Tatum demanding the ball and, and going to the basket, going to the free throw line or, or whatever he's trying to do. And I think Tatum is more than capable of doing something like that. So I, I think when we talk about leadership, we often think about 
the guy in the locker room who's trying to fire everybody up. We don't have access to that stuff, so we have no clue what Tatum's like in the locker room. Every once in a while, you get a great clip from the Celtics uh, media relations people of, you know, Joe coming in, you know, giving a post-game speech, you know, something really quick, or, you know, you'll, you'll see guys interacting, and sometimes you get a little bit of a sense of, like, the locker room hierarchy. But I do think the one thing that we are missing is – the on-court stuff that Tatum can do to lead a team, you know, that's going to be really important. And I would argue that's more important than the stuff that he says in the locker room, because sometimes when you need a guy to go on a run in a game, Tatum's as good as anybody at creating a run by himself. And yeah, he's not going to have his shots, not going to fall all the time, but more often than not, it's going to. And, and again, he's going to be a guy that can pick the team up just by hitting baskets, playing good defense, getting rebounds, pushing the basketball, getting guys involved, like that's just as impactful to me of being a leader than the stuff that you say. And I think Tatum is, again, more than capable of doing that kind of stuff on both ends of the floor to get a team motivated. And with football back, I don't suppose we can bet on it, can we? Oh, boy, can we. <laughs> and right now, Kaufman, FanDuel coming at us with their best offer that we've had on this podcast Bar none, okay? <laughs> FanDuel trying to get us to really get motivated here. We're getting ready for the NFL season. There are incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Now, we've had that promo before in the past. They want to double down. Plus, all new customers who bet $5, right? Get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. It's a double whammy, Kaufman. And, again, you can bet on literally everything. MVP, over-under, spreads, money lines. There's same-game parlays. There's literally everything. I'm going to be tweeting like a maniac this week because (laughs) we have so many things to gamble on, which makes now the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use. You can bet on everything, and you get paid instantly so visit fanduel.com slash boston and kick off the nfl season with us with an offer you don't want to miss that's fanduel the official partner of the nfl uh you had to be 21 plus and present in massachusetts first line online real money wager only first uh, ten dollar first deposit required bonus is issued as non-betrollable bonus bets that expire in seven days after receipt restrictions apply see terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook Hope is here. GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the smart. Uh, GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. NFL Sunday ticket offer ends 9-18-23. No refunds. Terms and embargoes apply. $100 off NFL Sunday ticket, not YouTube TV. YouTube TV base plan required to watch YouTube TV. Redemption requires a Google account and current form of payment. Commercial use excluded. Subscribe. Description renews cancel anytime. If I were to tweet out all of uh, my bets that I have just on tonight's game alone, I think I would still be sitting here doing it by the time the game rolls around. And <laughs> oh man, for people, uh, we're we're a good six hours out from this game. But Keith, I'll tell you what, I would not know how to bet on Blake Griffin. You brought him up before, and uh, obviously the Celtics do have some. Open roster spots at the end of that bench. We are talking back end of the bench guys, veteran minimum type guys. Uh, there have been, you know, smaller moves obviously made, nothing monumental. 
as far as Blake goes, how would you handicap this? Because correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like, uh, because he has just been on and on and on about how much he loves Boston, it seems like either a return to the Celtics, where there reportedly is interest from the team, or it's retirement, right? Or taking a year off anyway. It's not him going somewhere else. Yeah, what I was told was throughout the course of last season, he loved his time in Boston, which he openly said he likes the guys, he liked the city, enjoyed his time there. But I was also told he really missed his family, which I believe all pretty much remained out on the, the West Coast. And and I think that's probably the tug he's feeling at this point is, you know, if, if one of the West Coast teams really wants to have him, maybe he plays there. But I'm sure it's one of those things where it's, hey, it's the beginning part of September. I don't really need to make a decision today, right? Like I can kind of come in a little later if, if it's, man, it's everybody's back in camp and I'm seeing these preseason games and I really want to play. Maybe Boston still has an open roster spot and says, hey, you know, come on back. We'll keep it open, you know, and go. Now they're not going to keep it open indefinitely. At some point they'll fill it and they'll they'll, they'll move on in a different direction. But that's kind of what I wonder if that's where we're at with, with Blake. Are we in a spot where it's, you know, I'm just going to wait and see, you know, how I'm feeling and, and go from there. And that that's been, I think, the reporting from others uh, recently has been kind of akin to that is he just is, you know, we're, we're, you know, isn't sure what he wants to do right now and not sure that he really wants to, you know, maybe even play again, which is also fair too at this point in his career. But I'll say, yeah, I mentioned, you know, veteran leadership, but he actually was an encore contributor for the Celtics uh, quite often. And, you know, especially in times when I don't think they really expected him to be, especially, you know, early in the year when Rob was out, and then Al was having, you know, uh, being load managed, wasn't playing back to backs. It was more often than not Blake Griffin who got the call there. And then he became kind of Joe Missoula's, I need somebody to go in and hit the deck and get a loose ball and, you know, make a play, get the crowd fired up. He kind of became the guy that Joe Missoula called on for that. So, so that's another thing that they need to replace. And if you look at the roster, at least in my opinion, they're still a big short. Like they, they need one more big, even if it is a break glass kind of guy at the end of the bench. I do think they do need, uh, you know, to add one more big to kind of round out this roster. Is he a loss if they don't bring him back? I know he's not someone that, you know, betting perspective, he doesn't move the needle in terms of the team's win total or anything like that. But in terms of culture off the court like you said sort of that uh break glass in case of emergency guy on the floor the fact that they are a little bit thin at big when you consider that Porzingis is going to miss time Horford's going to be load managed Rob's inevitably going to get hurt at some point there are going to be guys that you know they're they're going to have to rely on there in the middle and they don't have a lot of options if they can't bring bring Blake Griffin back is is that a problem yeah, I mean, potentially, I think there is a you know chance that that kind of becomes an issue. Now, if you could tell me, I looked into my crystal ball, and Rob, Allen, Porzingis, they're all going to play 60 to 70 games, and they're all going to be healthy at the end of the season, I'd probably say it's fine, right? But what I was, what I try to tell people is, we get to a point where it's, you know, Christmas or New Year's, and Luke Cornett's having to play 25 minutes a night it's probably not great. You know, if Luke Cornett is your fifth big and you're just throwing him out there when you need him, that's awesome. He's very good in that role. I think you're fine. But if it is, he's a nightly 25 minute a night guy, that's not good. Now you're not getting somebody else great at this point in the off season. It's just not going to happen. There just isn't that 
player left, and it's highly unlikely the Celtics are going to jump in you know, on any kind of major trade that's going to deliver a player like that. But if you do go into a point where you looked at it and said, all right, you know what, we could kind of get to, you know, this guy to come in and be at least, you know, another option, whether it would be Blake Griffin or somebody else, that's good. But chances of them being as good as Blake Griffin was in that role last year, probably pretty slim. I'd say, you know, very small chance that they're as good as Blake was in that role when you factor in both the on and the off the court stuff that he brought to the team. So yeah, I, I, that's a long way of saying, yeah, I think it is a lot. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I mean, look, man, uh, we've talked about it ad nauseum, the, the issues that Boston's front court has in terms of their health. Um, potential issues. They're not I, there. Yeah. We've, we've done it enough. I will say though that the, the blip that Himmelsbach had in his, one of his most recent pieces about it didn't seem like that there was going to be a reunion between Blake and the Celtics made me sad. Just going to be honest. I loved him. I think, I think he's, I mean, Coffin, you've worked around baseball teams before. Um, you know how long a season can be when it comes to baseball. Like having a guy like a Kike Hernandez is really, really important to try and just break up the monotony of every single day. I think Blake does that, uh, you know, the same thing for the Celtics or whatever team he's going to be on. Like the bus one boys, I got to be honest with you, probably was started with an idea of Blake Griffin of like trying to, like, hey, man, like, yeah, we might not be, like, the best players on this team, but at the same time, we have a job, we have a role, let's embrace it. Let's let's make T-shirts. Let's, let's you know, let's make this a viral thing. Let's have NBC Sports Boss and do an article about the Bus One Boys. Like, that's valuable to make everybody else on the team, the guys that are 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th, feel like they're a part of something because oftentimes – they're not doing a lot, you know. I'll never. I again. I always love watching Malik Fitz on the bench just go nuts when things are going well. Like that's you need guys like that, and Blake definitely does that. Again, I, I don't know about the family dynamic. No clue there. Totally understand it. Totally get it. And if that's a real big priority for him, which it sounds like it is, uh, I wouldn't be mad at him. But like, I I loved having Blake on the team. I think every I think everybody did. So you know, this is us maybe begging Blake to come back, and it would be it'd be great to have you back because he's he's. And the minutes, you know, the minutes were good. And it was almost surprising when he would play. And he's, like, diving on the floor for loose balls. He's hitting threes. He's he's tipping out offensive rebounds. I remember there was one stretch. He had, like, two or three offensive rebounds in a row. And the crowd was going bananas for Blake. It was amazing. So I, I think he has a nice home with the Celtics in terms of everybody likes him. He, he doesn't have to get to know new teammates. He knows mostly everybody already. So, it's a positive from a continuity standpoint. It's positive for a lot of things. It just has to be right for Blake, and I hope it is. So yeah, I'll Blake put my hand up. up real. Sorry, just to say, the comment I made when he signed was, was like, if this matters, it's probably bad for Boston. You know, and, and I was completely wrong. I mean, he ended up being a key contributor to a team that you know. I know people have their feelings about the way last season went, but they were a very good team. 
you know, by the end of the year, they were a game away from going back to the finals and who knows what would have happened if they'd made it back. But I, I, you know, and Blake was a big part of that. So I was completely wrong on that one. And into your point. Yeah. I mean, uh, you're keeping everybody engaged all, you know, as coaches will talk about all the time, you know, we need all, they used to say all 15 guys and it went to 17. Now it'll be 18 with the two way edition, the third one and the two way guys. It'll be getting all 18 guys, you know, pulling the rope in the same direction that we're all working together the same way. Like that, that is something that I think, you know, matters. And, and he's a big, big uh, part of that or was last year. So yeah, he's definitely going to be missed for sure. So maybe Blake returns, maybe he doesn't. We know, obviously, there was the recent signing of uh, Spee Mikhailuk, who's a, he's been around a handful of years. He's a journeyman. He's a nice depth addition, I think, but you're not asking a whole lot of him. He's also not a big, he's a wing. But uh, Keith, in terms of, in, in your reporting with these remaining open roster spots and guys that are out there trickling around, any logical fits that, that you're waiting on here, a, a TJ Warren or somebody like that? Yeah, I mean, we got those reports that they were bringing in a number of different wing options, bigger wings, um, you know, in there. T.J. Warren was one. Lamar Stevens was another. Mm-hmm. Uh, these these guys are all, you know, three, four type players more than the uh, traditional two, three type wings. But they that, that fits because that's often I think Boston has coverage at the big spots you know when when the guys are there and i think they were wing short adding svee mikhailuk that's you know fine i have no problem with that that addition at all i think you know he's kind of duplicative with what sam hauser brings but if you're gonna have too much of anything have too much shooting that that's you know just you know i feel like you can always put one of those guys on the floor and the rest of the guys there will be able to cover for that guy defensively and we saw last year with sam hauser maybe he doesn't really need covered as much defensively as at least we thought he might need. So yeah, we'll, we'll see kind of where that goes. That last spot, like I said, I'd be looking for more of a true big to, to come in there. The issue is we're, we're, we're down to it now in free agency. There's really nobody that you're looking for. And I think one of the things that was suggested was maybe they just kind of, you know, bring in camp guys for now and then see who gets cut, who, who gets, who shakes loose here towards the end of camp. And maybe, maybe they go snap one of those guys up. If somebody that they're like, wow, I actually kind of really like that guy. I think he can play a role. You grab that guy at the end of it, almost more of an NFL type approach to, to the way you build your roster where that's, you don't generally see a lot of that in the NBA, but every once in a while, you know, you'll come up with somebody pops free that day you get. So that that's where I'd be going. But you know, yeah, if you want to add TJ Warren, fine. You know, I, I think, Again, I was wrong last year about Blake Griffin, but you're you're talking about your fifteenth man here. You know, you're 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 probably hoping that guy's not factoring in too big on the floor uh, over the course of the season. So, you know, but yeah, let's kind kind of see. And I I guess I'm kind of taking the approach of I just assume Brad will get it right. You know, for for the coaching staff and the rest of the roster, and he'll find somebody who you know can come in there and contribute when called upon, even if it's you know very rarely. Well, the waiting game continues, guys. Training camp is coming, obviously. Preseason games are coming. Roster moves may or may not be coming. Eventually, basketball will return in a way that actually counts, which is nice. Uh, We have it with football, as we talked about earlier, and uh, soon enough, the NBA will be uh, back with all of us and in our hearts as well. But uh, it's just good to see this team is is pretty much, you know, obviously it, it, it wasn't a 
Uh, what's the best way to put it? It, it wasn't a, a turbulent off season. There wasn't a whole lot of drama as compared to maybe some off seasons. Naturally, as we know, there was a, a big trade. There was movement with Porzingis coming in, Smart going out most notably. And as Keith said before, Grant Williams uh, going as well. So it's going to look just a little bit different, but still obviously a, a team with serious contending potential and among the favorites to win the upcoming championship. And when anytime you have a team in your city that you get to talk about that way, it just makes for, uh, you know, it makes for a much easier experience, Keith. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a lot better to be talking about, do we have enough to win a title than, well, I hope this guy kind of plays good in a rebuilding year and maybe we've got something for the future. I mean, those years generally are fun, but in a completely different way after a period of success. The Celtics are still, you know, I would say at the beginning parts of their uh, you know, period of, of success just because of the age of the two stars on the team and Tatum and Brown. I think this is going to be stretch out this window of contention for quite some time. And it's just up to you know, Brad Stevens and Joe Missoula to find and develop and play the right guys around them and kind of continue to maximize them. I go back to you know, something Brad said, I think it was at Ime Udoka's uh, in the introductory press conference, but it holds true is Tatum and Brown are the pillars on the roster. Everything else is to support them, right? Everything else that they're doing is to support and lift those two, two up. So, you know, I'm very, very curious to see how it goes. And, and I think it was time in this team's arc to do something big. Like, like, let's, let's see, let's try something different than what we've looked like before. And, and we're going to find out if it works here starting in about a month or so. As always, we appreciate you checking out Celtics Beat. You can get it wherever you get your podcast. Rate, review, subscribe means a lot to us as well. We thank you for that. We will be back with you weekly, as we always are, maybe even more frequent than that, if we just have thoughts that we can't wait to get out to you. So for Keith Smith, again from Spot Track, from Evan Valenti, I am Adam Kaufman. Thanks for hanging out. We will uh, talk to you again next week. Happy betting, too. See ya.